Hello. Hey, dude. So, uh, take two on this one, huh? Yeah, let's do it, man. Okay. Uh, what did we learn today? Never try to do an international internet podcast recording when someone else in your house is doing a six-person Zoom meeting. <laughs> well, six so, is still better than 46, so... That's true. Uh, welcome to the B-Team Podcast. My name is John Macy. Today, I'm joined by Boris for the latest in our uh, series of Star Trek retrospective reviews. Uh, this one was your pick, so why don't you uh, tell the audience what we're doing? Uh, we're doing uh, House of Quark from uh, Deep Space Nine, Season 3, Episode 3. And it's one of the funniest, uh, most entertaining episodes, in my opinion, if not the best episode of all the Star Trek ever of all time. Okay. That's high praise. I did enjoy this quite a bit, um, but that's higher than I would have gone. So... I actually watched it two times this week. Uh, just, uh, you know, just, I, I don't know, just to see if it would be funny if I watched it more times in a row, right? Like in the same week. Yeah. And it was funny, you know, I mean, I've seen this episode a lot of times. So I guess, you know, kind, you know, it has the uh, diminishing effect after a while, but I still laughed. So, yeah. I think it's more subtle than a lot of the other attempts at Ferengi humor. Well, I think it's because they combine uh, Klingons and Ferengi together, which we don't get to see that often. Yeah. And they are diametrically opposed to each other, too. So I guess in that essence, it would work, as we see in the episode. So, Yep. So I know we kind of talked about this before. Maybe we'll get this a little quicker this time. What is your basic position on the Ferengi going into this? On the Ferengi, uh, when it comes to Deep Space Nine, I love the Ferengi because they go way deep into it, especially when you consider how deep uh, the show is uh, in general, just because of the number of the cast and all the different types of... Like, they even go into Klingons a lot and, you know, the Bajor stuff, and then there's the... Even Cardassian and Dominion, they do pretty well. And yeah. even to a certain extent, uh, Romulans. So, yeah. Yep. There's not a ton of Romulan stuff on that show, but they give it a fair bit. Oh, um, definitely. Yep. And for me, the Ferengi were um, almost redeemed by what they did on Deep Space Nine. Like in the original intent with Next Generation was to make them like the central villain. And then, you know, they would basically be like, space pirates i think was the idea and then uh they very quickly devolved into uh comic relief mostly because of the way i think the the initial ferengi performances went they very quickly turned into comic relief and i remember being and just for full disclosure deep space nine is my favorite one of these series and i remember when it first started when they first started to announce the cast and stuff I was kind of nervous about a Ferengi character being in the main cast. I was like, oh, no. And then then I was introduced to how great Armin Sherman is, and everything was okay. Yeah, and awesome. they, do it, they do him well from the very first episode. Like, right yeah. from the start, his encounter with Cisco is nothing short of epic, in my opinion. Yep. Yeah, so, no. Yeah. Um, you know, I was afraid in that scene. I'm sure we'll do Emissary someday. Um, Definitely. But that scene where, like, 
he's trying to make the deal with him to get Nog out of jail or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I remember I remember thinking the first time I saw it, like, oh, he's just going to snivel in front of him and he'll somehow make it go away. But he very, you know, he very cogently, like, makes a real deal with him. And, like, you know, that was where I knew this was going to be a different way of looking at these at this race of aliens than they'd had prior. Yeah, I forget which uh, number the rule of acquisition is, but a deal is a deal is a deal, man. Yeah, I never tried to keep all those straight. I mean, I know they actually wrote a physical book of them at one point and sold it. Um, <laughs> I, I I heard about that. Yeah, that's yeah, that's cool. That's a great piece of promo work, actually. Yeah, actually, they did a lot of neat little tie-ins like that. There's a there's based off of Star Trek VI. There's a version of uh, I believe it's Hamlet written in Klingon, uh, uh, which cool. I have which I have somewhere in my house. Yeah, I because my wife bought it for me as a birthday present one year. Oh, cool, cool. Um, Good on her, man. Yep. So, uh, do we want to use? You had mentioned maybe wanting to go through this like scene by scene, kind of. So, do you want to kind of, yeah, or segments if you'd like? Uh, Yeah. But uh, what you said about Klingons uh, just reminded me of a meme I saw the other day, and it's about the um, uh, what's the name? I I keep forgetting the I don't know why, and uh, it's uh, the Queen song uh, from uh, the uh, Wayne's World that they sing together, and oh, basically some, Rhapsody, yeah. yeah, 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 Bohemian Rhapsody, and somebody said you didn't hear you know uh, Bohemian Rhapsody unless you heard it in Klingon, and sure enough, man, you go to YouTube, there is a Klingon version of it. Somebody did that. I'm gonna have to go look it up then. Okay. I wasn't so, thoroughly impressed, but you know the work on it they did was pretty solid. So yeah. do we do we want to? You mentioned before knocking out like the Starfleet stuff. Yes, at the yes, beginning yes. Let's, it's not really all that relevant. So I yeah, mean, let's do Starfleet out of the way. One, this is one of the first attempts on Deep Space Nine to do like a pure humor episode, really, um, and it actually works pretty well on all fronts. I mean the the Starfleet stuff is pretty simple. This is. Uh, right around the time where stuff with the Dominion is starting to ramp up a little bit. And uh, as a result of that, a lot of the civilian population of the space station is leaving because they know if it gets to war, that that's the first place it's going to get hit. So um, O'Brien's wife has been running a school this whole time, and they end up having to close that. So he's trying to find something else. He's trying to help her find something else to do because she's, you know... He knows she's unhappy and that, you know, that's bad for him, you know, that kind of thing. Well, nobody likes having trouble at home with the wife. No. And I did like that um, that scene where he goes in to talk to Cisco, who has actually been married before. And he basically goes in to have, like, guy talk. And it hit me (laughs) how funny that was where Cisco and Dax and Kira are also in the room. and. Yep. Dax just kind of gets up and leaves because I think she gets like, okay, well, they have to have a conversation. She's over three. She's like three hundred years old. So yep. she, and gets she had. She makes some reference to Kira about like, oh, this is a boy talk. We should leave now. And then <laughs> Kira's Kira, just yep. sitting there. Yep. And then Kira just continues to sit there and goes, <laughs> oh, this is just probably just some human thing. And like Cisco says something like, he actually says like, well, Dax can explain it to you on your way out. No, yeah. But, yeah, but it kind of reads like everyone without a penis can leave now. <laughs> Pretty Which, much, yeah. 
which I thought was quite funny. Um, they don't give him a they don't they don't give Avery Brooks a lot of opportunities to be funny. And no, no, he is very very stoic. Yeah, I mean, I mean he is the emissary, so he yeah. he needs to keep up appearances. He just doesn't have you know. I think they, I think they were afraid of almost making him. And not that there's a ton of ton of humor on that show to begin with, but I think he in particular they were afraid of almost making him not serious enough yeah and yeah. um so yeah but he doesn't have a lot to do with this one so basically the beginning of this episode is in the bar and quark is lamenting that he has no business because everybody's leaving and um there's this one like drunken klingon guy in the corner who just keeps bugging him for more blood wine and uh rom goes over to try to serve him and comes back and goes, uh, he doesn't have any more money, so he's asking for like a line of credit and stuff, which obviously Quark doesn't go for this. Um, he's, so a, leads... he's a hardcore capitalist. Yep. So that leads to um, that leads to Quark has a confrontation with him where um, the guy pulls it, the Klingon pulls a knife on him and comes after him when Quark asks him to pay the bill. Uh, and then, you know, they wrestle around a little bit and the Klingon guy basically falls on his own knife and dies. Yeah. And speaking um, of, speaking of ironies, uh, uh, we mentioned, um, you know, Klingon being drunk on blood wine and moments, uh, earlier Quark says how there's a sale going on on Sinta Hall, which is basically like, I never understood this. And I don't think it has much to do with me as much as it has with the franchise, not uh, completely, you know, explaining it and getting behind it. But basically, Sintahol is alcohol that doesn't have any, you know, you can't get drunk off it. And basically, you can get free Sintahol at the Replimat, which is run by Federation, which isn't yeah. in the Quark's bar. And at the beginning of the episode, also, like after this scene, you also see Chief O'Brien going into the, his home into his quarters after work and he's getting Sinta Hall, you know, at home for free. So yep. <laughs> a lot the of way, this stuff is very, you know, ironic. Yep. The way I had heard Sinta Hall always explained was that you could get drunk off of it, but it's easier to shake off the effects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, like you would need like a lot of Sinta Hall to get drunk. But, yeah. So yep. I never I never understood like if they can get it for free, you know, the Yeah, it doesn't make quick to guess. I don't know. Maybe just me. Maybe just they needed. Maybe they needed a device, you know, in the show for Quark being open. I guess. Yeah, it's one of those things they always mention, but they know Hall is one of those things they mention a lot, but it's never really played out to any great extent. Mostly because they probably just view it as a prop. Um, so. Yeah, but you could say the same thing about Bloodwine because at one point. I think it was either Worf or uh, Martok or somebody explains how, you know, you can drink blood, blood wine from the uh, replimat and still, you know, real blood wine is uh, a lot more potent than the, yeah. you know, replicator sure. stuff. Yep. So then uh, Bashir goes in to, like, examine the dead guy and Odo shows up to, like, investigate it. And I and, love I love the interaction between Odo and Quark. It's always hilarious, no matter how yeah. you look at it. 
I think a lot of that comes from like those two actors got to be friends in real life and it played into the it played into the way those characters went back and forth all the time. Yeah, and Renner was perfect for Odo. I mean, yeah. I love that character so much. Right. And in so, this watch through I've been doing of it recently, I've started to appreciate his stuff a lot more than I did earlier runs. Uh, so, I mean, maybe some of that's because he passed away last year or the year before. I, I think it was fun. 2019. Or early 2020. Yeah, I thought it was during all the pandemic stuff. So yeah, it's yeah, 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 you're right. You're right. Early 2020 was. Um, yeah. So the thing I found interesting here is that, you know, Quark starts to recount the story of it. And he's only half lying because yep. he gets to like halfway through the story. And that's where he starts lying. Up until that point, he's being he's being perfectly honest. He just he's just embellishing it quite a bit. But he's, you know. It's at, at the point of like, I where he says something like, I, I hit him in the face, and like, we know that didn't happen. But then up until that point, he's actually being straightforward. Um, and all of it's like, I think his whole interest is that he thinks it'll it'll help his business if people think he killed a guy in a bar fight or whatever. Yeah, that was that was that was the general idea, I guess. I mean, it's capitalism at its finest. Yep. Take so then, the opportunity you're given and, you know, just roll with it no matter what. And yeah, that's what he did. What yep. he always does. Yep. He, that's the thing, too. Like, I think I realized in I realized in this run of watching these again uh, that I realized where Quark actually improves on the Ferengi for me. Like when they show up in Next Generation, they talk about stuff like profit an opportunity a lot but then when you see like a more grounded out character like quark you actually get to see what the thought process is it's not just them saying stuff because those are like 80s capitalist buzzwords um yeah you know you get to see what the actual thinking behind a lot of it is with yeah, quark. I, yeah a lot of that has to do probably with him being a regular so yeah oh definitely um so then a guy shows up claiming to be uh, oh yeah dead. just before you continue just a uh, interesting fact like we learned the guy's name is kozak yep k-o-z-a-k -K. uh in yep. croatian uh that would be word koza actually k-o-z-a actually means goat so goat? just a fun fact yeah goat huh. so basically okay. like his name is almost croatian for like a he goat or something like that has to do with the goats huh that's interesting so a guy claiming to be kozak's brother shows up and attacks quark and says you know don't tell me that he died in some kind of accident because otherwise i'll kill you so then quark says oh no it was honorable combat and stuff he just you know he was drunk but it was still it was still uh within the bounds of honor and stuff. So then, yeah. So you don't have to kill me. <laughs> yep. So then the brother guy leaves and then he goes back Quark goes back to the bar and, uh, Kozak's widow shows up, Grilka, who, um, she makes a similar threat to Quark says, you know, tell me how my husband died or I'll kill you. Um, and then rather than he starts to tell the story to her and then she pulls a knife on him. And he jumps behind, he like just goes running and jumps behind the bar. 
at which point she just goes, you killed my husband? Fuck that. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I like the fact when he, she accuses him of lying, how much pride he takes in admitting that he is not just a liar, but a very proud liar. Yeah, I think he says, like, she says something like, you actually convinced Degore that you killed him? You must be a great liar. And he just goes, it's a gift. It's a gift, yep. Yeah. I so, just think it's in Ferengi DNA because they pretty much all lie as soon as they open their mouths. Yeah, unless you're Rom. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, so Grilka take, kidnaps him and to take him back to the Klingon homeworld for reasons that we don't know at this point. And then uh, he wakes up from sedation and... <laughs> She, without explanation, just goes, here, put these robes on, which he does, because he doesn't want to get killed. Was this the first, like, kidnapping in Star Trek? Like, when it comes to, I don't know, but it's like, this has to be, like, the first time somebody was used for nefarious purposes in some way on Star Trek. Um, Maybe I, I it's mean, not. I don't know, but it's no, like... There, there have probably been other kidnappings before. I just, I, I would wonder if it's the first one with a non-Starfleet person. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, so she basically gets a guy on her ship to, like, marry them without his knowledge. Like, it's all in Klingon. He has no idea what's going on. He asks for clarification, and she puts a knife in his throat and just says, <laughs> repeat what he tells you to say. So he has no idea what he's doing. And then at the end of it, she, the guy goes, oh, yeah, you're, you're a husband and wife now. And he just gets this look on his face like, what the fuck? And she uh, kisses him and then spits it out. <laughs> yeah, which was quite funny. Uh, so then it turns out that she, uh, she does this because um, I think there was something about how she, you know, the guy Degore, who's trying, the whole thing is that Degore is trying to get her, basically to get her family's property and all of their, you know, positions. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. So he's trying to say that, you know, because obviously by in Klingon society, women can't lead houses. So unless they're granted a special dispensation. Right. Which we'll get to. Um, so his whole thing is, you know, he'd been trying to, Quark figures out, you know, Quark asks her to let him look at uh, the family's finances and stuff. Filthy ledgers. Yes, filthy ledgers. That was a great line. And that was like the one moment in this. I mean, obviously, they play a lot of this for laughs. But like, that was one of the few moments in it where Quark gets kind of serious. And I actually bought it where he was just like, hey, we've done everything else to this point the Klingon way and everything you've done has been completely screwed up beyond belief. Why don't we try this my way for once? And maybe there's not anything wrong with looking at these filthy ledgers, as you call them. Um, And he figures out that Degore has been trying for at least a couple of years to like put her family into so much debt that he will be the beneficiary of that. He's basically trying to bankrupt them. Yep, so. For the last five years, and it's surprising to me that a Klingon would fall so stoop so low as to you know dirty himself with money actually because all they ever yeah. do is fight. I mean, it's not unusual for them to do other things, but mainly what they do is fight. So, yeah, well, then you agree with Dalron, I guess, because that's yeah. basically what 
Um, so they had the whole, they have several meetings in front of the, the Klingon High Council, and Quark actually goes in front of the High Council with uh, financial information. And, <laughs> like, he starts talking about, like, you know, if you look at these numbers in column J and whatever, and they, uh, Robert O'Reilly shows up in this episode as Gowron, and you can tell, I mean, it must part, some of it, I think, is the, the fact that Robert O'Reilly's eyes are always bugging out of his head every time he plays Gowron. <laughs> yeah, um, I think but, it has to do with the makeup. Yeah, but you can also tell like he plays it really well. Just like that, like you see this the beginning thing where he's looking at the pad thing. He's obviously trying to follow what Quark is saying, but it's it's complicated enough where he at one point you just see him just kind of give up. I think he like, was just annoyed. Yep, and he's just I like, I don't have annoyed. time for I don't have time for this. Just tell me the short version of this. <laughs> yeah, TLDR. Uh, <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, the the. The late '90s equivalent of TLDR, I guess, if anything else. Uh, and yeah, I did like the fact that I mean, Gowron basically confronts this guy Degore and says exactly what you just did. Like, I can't believe a Klingon would uh, would lower himself to dealing with money to do this. Like, yeah, like a Ferengi. Yeah, and then they do that. They don't call it out, but they do the same the discommendation thing that gets done to Warp and Sins of the Father. Yeah, but that's that comes later. That comes after oh, the fight. Oh, we didn't even get to the fight. At the very end. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm getting ahead of myself here, aren't I? Yeah, basically what happened was uh, they were thrown out. I mean, thrown out. The, the meeting was done and they were at home. And stuff happened off screen probably because we didn't see that part. And uh, Grilka mentioned it later how Quark was called a liar. And, of course, he had to, you know, defend his honor by fighting... The gore, because that's the only way to, you know, get rid of the stain on one's name. And right. Quark is like, you know, right. that's that's why I missed. That happens because the gore gets, and I'm convinced he like went to this person and said, you know, come tell come tell the Klingon High Council what really, really happened, happened. Yeah. or I'll kill you. Because he throws Rom in the room. Yep. And. You know, because Rom was the only other person that was there. <laughs> the and, only living witness. <laughs> yep. And I wasn't sure, like, because in, in the early seasons of this show, like, I don't think they'd figured out exactly what they wanted to do with Rom yet. And he's he's way more of, like, in, a, in the early seasons, there's a lot of things where he will try to screw Quark over to get the bar. Yeah, the two of them were, like, two stooges. Yep. So, like, I thought early on when he showed up that like oh shit he's gonna he's actually gonna turn on quark and maybe it'll get him killed and then rom will get the bar but <laughs> i i kind of read it as like i don't think Degore gave him a choice yeah pretty much and i mean uh rom is even more cowardly than quark i mean all ferengi are cowards pretty much but it's like yeah. rom is even worse than quark is so Oh yeah, well, Rom's a wuss at that yeah, point. Yeah, pretty much. He, he grows his spine as it goes on, but uh, at this point in the show, he's kind of a wuss. Um, yeah, even 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 more of a comic relief than Quark is. Yep. So yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, and you're right. I think the point of this is kind of like to show Ferengi dealing with Klingons. And stuff, which is something you don't get to see pretty much ever, other than this one, 
and the the second episode later where Groka comes back. Yeah, I mean, back in season five, I think. It's really the only time you get to see any of that. Um, so, well, oh, go ahead. Yeah, there is uh, there is the uh, magnificent Ferengi, but I don't think it was Klingons they were infiltrating. It was like they were going into Cardassian or the Dominion, Dominion territory. The Dominion kidnapped Quark's mom. Yeah, it was. We just watched that one recently. Ah, uh, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. But so he, yeah. So because of Rom's testimony, which we don't, you know, which they kind of blow over, uh, Degora calls Quark a liar. At which point, they have to have like a combat trial thing. Yeah, but that all happened off the screen, so it's not really yeah. important, I guess. I think the more more important thing was when they were trying, Rom and Quark were trying to escape Drilka's home, and of course they were caught because Klingons expected the Ferengis to run away as cowards that they are, and then Rom used reverse psychology on Quark in order to get him to stay, which also took a while because they were late for the uh, battle match. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So, yeah. Which was also cool. I mean, it was great for their character development. I mean, just skipping over the uh, council thing and going straight to running away thing. And then having them appear, you know, at the last moment when the gore called Garon out to, you know, make a decision finally. And just... There's Quark. Give me the woman's house, and then he shows up at the last second to make the challenge and whatever. Uh, yeah, a brave Ferengi which, tr- trying to do what is right. Yeah, which I thought was funny. He was like, I am Quark, son of Keldar, and I'm here to challenge Degore, son of whoever. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And then, you know, I remember thinking uh, when I watched this initially back in. I want to say it was probably like 93, 94. I was just like, how are they going to... It didn't even occur to me at that point that the logical thing that Quark actually does is, you know, he has a Batleth and whatever, and they they square off for a second, and then Quark just throws the sword aside and goes, okay, well, go ahead, just kill me, because you're trying to get, like, this honorable moment out of this, and, you know... Anyone with half a brain will know that you could just immediately slaughter me. So how is this, you know, honorable? How is this possibly honorable for you? And now I'm going to make it even worse because, and this is one of those few moments where, you know, I think they tried to make the the Ferengi as a whole kind of smarmy in a way. And yeah, and Shimmerman Shimmerman was able to do that in a way that worked. But he also kind of he had something else behind it where you weren't like ew, because he had this moment of like make sure when you tell your your descendants about this story you mention how you killed the the defenseless Ferengi guy, half your size. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, you know, I think that this episode for me, you know, basically sets up what the how this series is going to treat the Ferengi. Because, I mean, a lot of the ones after this that focus on Quark and have other Ferengi people in them are really broad humor, but the fact that he grounds a lot of it uh, makes it not just like, what am I watching this for? I mean, 
I mean, you, uh, you can say that about any character of any race in this series, like in yeah. franchise, actually, because, I mean, at the end of the day, you have to make all those characters relatable, like, even though it's 24th century and, you know, Earth is pretty much a heaven or a yeah. version of paradise or whatever, because everything is so peaceful and nice. There's no, there's no, you know, pollution and whatnot. You still have to make these characters relatable. So, you know, what's the big thing going, oh, capitalism, really? Why not make a race, you know, based just on capitalism and take it to the, not just the extreme, but, you know, extreme, extreme. And that's yeah. what Rengi are. And yeah, they no, do they're... come out, you know, hilarious and funny as comic relief because when you look at the society we live in today, you know, a lot of the stuff that we have to deal with, uh, with the marketing and mass consumption and materialism, it really is funny sometimes when you look at it. Somehow I wonder, sometimes I wonder if uh, Quark doesn't actually really exist and he's somewhere on Earth running an ad agency right now. <laughs> Yeah, maybe maybe uh, Charmin has something to do with it. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, this is to me. This is one of the better uh, Ferengi-based ones. Um, they do make an attempt at kind of a sequel to this a couple of years later. Uh, once Worf is on the show, um, yep. Groka comes back for something. I don't remember exactly what it was, and uh, Worf just decides she's awesome. I have to get with her. And, yeah. and uh, then I'm pretty sure that someone who, some member of Groka's family, and this is at a point at which, you know, Worf is persona non grata in the Klingon Empire again. That again. Only that only happens like three times. Um, and some guy who works for Groka says, you might think whatever you want, but she doesn't want anything to do with you because you're, you know, you're an outcast. You're not a Klingon, so to speak. Yep. And it's amazing to me how much uh, Klingons identify, you know, with their warrior ways and their culture. And I don't know. It just sometimes it's illogical to me for some reason, even though I get it. Yeah. Like, the thing that Star Trek does with the Klingons, it's I mean, the way they were able, you know, to explain Klingons and develop them just to one character alone is amazing. And I think also, DS9 gets better once Worf arrives in season four. Yeah, I think so. it, it's it's pretty. From what I remember at the time, that show was circling cancellation after season three, and they were desperate to come up with some way to get interest up and keep it on the air. And uh, Dorn was willing to come back and play the character again, so they found a way to write him into this one. Well, I doubt he was doing much much of anything else you know job I mean, they wise were, they were doing them you know i think uh generations was had come out and that was about it yeah uh, well i mean he came off between the movies in the like i think it was right after first contact or something because uh, enterprise d was destroyed and he right. was on leave well, so generations was the one where the where the d gets destroyed and then ah right 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 yeah, yeah first contact then, is already an e and his first, his yeah. first episode actually, he was in. He first comes in in the season four premiere, which I was, which I believe was, uh, the Warriors' Way. Yeah, which was a couple months after Generations was released, I believe. Okay. Um, I didn't. I I I have hard time following dates. 
Yeah, because in, so, in first, contact, first contact, he has the Defiant already. So he's already there. Yeah, uh, I think, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Defiant was uh, fighting the Borg Cube that was, because I watched uh, First Contact uh, on First Contact Day this year. And oh, yeah, yeah, right. I, I, I saw, I saw Defiant. And I think Defiant was either destroyed. It gets beat or, up pretty bad. Yeah, it gets beat up beat pretty bad. And Worf ends up as a, as a survivor on Enterprise yeah. or something. And yeah. then I remember uh, the in the third movie, in Insurrection, um, Deep Space Nine was still going on at that point. I think the, the final season was going on. And they don't even bother to explain why Worf is there. They just, it, it's, you know, they're in some sort of like diplomatic function and Worf is there and Picard sees him and starts walking towards him and goes, Mr. Worf, what the hell are you doing here? And then the yeah, because comes. Yeah, because at the end of DS9, I think Worf went back home to Kronos or something he is as made, an ambassador. He has made the, oh, I don't want to say because someone I'm sitting next to hasn't seen that yet. <laughs> um, well, he was an ambassador or something somewhere, if memory serves me correctly. Yeah. And I guess he was there in a diplomatic function. Yeah. yeah. And that's how so, he met up with Picard. He's, and then by, by Nemesis, he's on the he's on the crew again without explanation. Uh, yeah, well, some of the books said that he uh, he got tired of that job and gave it to Alexander, who was better suited for it than he was. <laughs> uh, I I don't want to talk about Alexander. There, there's the worst character ever. Yeah, he's definitely on the short list. I would I'd make arguments for walks on Troy. But, um, oh man, don't, dude, don't, 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 don't. We can talk about Luxana Troy some other time. I love that woman, man. Yeah, depends, I on, mean, the, depends on the episode. Yeah, right? that too. That too. That too. I think yeah, a, like, a lot of the stuff they did with her on DS9 was better than the TNG stuff for me, but definitely. But you know what? The more I rewatch all these episodes and shows, the more uh, Luxana Troy grows on me. I don't know why. I think it's just the pure eccentricity of the character and yeah. the way she plays her. I mean, it's it's She's pretty great mom. acting. So, no, not not, yeah, not her but mom. <laughs> yeah, so um, trying to think, what else can we get to on this one here? Um, I do think that um, you're right about uh, the whole idea of how. Deep Space Nine got into the Klingon stuff a lot more. I think a character like General Martok helps that a lot. And Jadzia too. I mean, when, once Worf comes around and all the stuff that Jadzia does with the Klingons even yep. before Worf arrives. Oh, we're going to have we're going to have to do Blood Oath someday. Oh, definitely. That one's great. Um and that, you know, that has obvious TOS ties and everything too, so yes. um yes. One thing I wanted to ask you, and I, this is something, and this is the a main show thing that we've been talking about doing for a while. Okay. Uh, and we just haven't done it yet. Uh, it was actually one of the first ideas we had credited to Jim, actually, who wanted to do it for a written thing on the website they used to have. Um, we were going to do a debate about which series was the best one, and then we realized that we didn't really have anybody for Voyager. And at, oh. <laughs> that, at that point, I didn't know how into Voyager you were. And 
I think Josh would probably stand for TOS. Justin definitely would stand for TNG. I would go for Deep Space Nine, and Brent was going to do Voyager just to get it in there. And then as we've been talking about Voyager more, I was who's like, gonna do, oh, who's going to do Enterprise? Uh, I don't think we have anybody that likes that one enough. <laughs> I can do I can do Enterprise, Voyager, and Discovery if you want. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean we could, maybe if your brother wants to stand for Enterprise, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that anybody likes it enough for that. I mean, it. I liked it more watching it when I watched it at the beginning of this rewatch thing that I did than I ever did yeah. previously. Um, one other thing, and I know we're cut into other things, but I don't really think there's a whole ton behind this episode that we can get into. Um, no, but one thing that we can, uh, that I'd like to point out, uh, because I, I, my brother and I, you know, when we were growing up, it was just the two of us for like, I don't know, 10 or 11 years or so before we got other siblings. But, you know, whenever I see brothers on TV somewhere and even, oh, even uh, during the, uh, the entirety of DS9, the way you see Quark and Rom interact with each other and the family relations between those two. I mean, the more you grow to appreciate those two characters just on a, you know, familial, uh, brotherly level. Yep. And I, I think it was shown pretty good in this episode because yep. Rom really was dragged into, you know, something that he didn't really want to be a part of. Right. <laughs> he was telling Quark, you know, from the very beginning, you, you know, just tell the truth, tell the truth, be done with it. I don't want yep. this, you know, to come back and haunt us. Yep. And sure enough, you know, he ended up with the gore on Kronos. Yep, and he kept saying, like... What if somebody comes back to try to get revenge on you for doing this? <laughs> yeah, every time, like, he said it, every time he said it, they just ignored him, and he says yeah. it like five times. He ends up being right. Yeah, I and Cor keeps saying like it'll be fine, it'll be fine. If somebody really does come, we'll just bribe them and be done with it. And yep, <laughs> I also really liked, and I mean, as much as early on, I know I mentioned earlier that early on Ron tries to screw him a bunch. I also yeah. really liked at the end when he asked him to tell the story again. Yes, and Quark, yes, And Quark yes. goes, no, I don't want to do it. It won't help anymore. Because Quark's whole thing is like, everyone here has heard it. It's not going to help the business anymore. But Ramos is like, no, just tell it because I want to hear it tell again. Tell it to me, yeah. Um, so, like, that was a great, like, brotherly moment for them. And I think a lot of that stuff gets played up more once Rom doesn't work for him anymore. Um, yeah, once he becomes, yeah, once he yeah. goes on to engineering team with the chief. Yep. So I mean, a lot of their a lot of their differences get played up way more once that happens because I almost feel like Quark gets really comfortable with having him around in a subservient role, and then when that goes away, he uh, has to redefine what that is for him. Yeah, and he has to find other ways, you know, to not just fill out his time, but, you know, find ways to, you know, deal with his other waiters, I guess. And we rarely see his other, like, there's a great moment later on with a female waiter, the Ferengi, that shows up and he falls in love. And Oh, Pell? Pell, yeah, Pell. Yeah, that, that's before this. That's oh, really? In, that's in season two somewhere. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well... That was still, a good one. Too. Still, that was a that, good that, one too, though. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. The big one for me with Rom was the one where he start tries to form the union. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, one yeah, other thing and, I, and Ferengi's quirk on union and taxes. <laughs> yep. So we'll definitely once we figure out when we want to do that debate thing, we'll let you know because 
I think we want you for the Voyager end. Um, so that's an idea we've had in the beginning of doing this. We just haven't actually we haven't figured out exactly how we wanted to structure it yet, and whether you know how how exactly it would work. Uh, yeah, well, one... you know, I have a unique uh, view on Voyager since I grew up with it, and it was yeah. the only show I knew for like a, a long time. So yeah, definitely, yeah. man, I'd do it. So I had another question as to. Um, and, you know, I'm going to pick the next two because you picked the last two. So Sure, man. I, yeah. I have, I have a, the next two in mind. Uh, but what I want – and this is this is just for a future. Uh, how do we want to handle, like, the multi-part stuff? Uh, as one episode, if, if okay. possible. I do because, it as one because yeah. I don't want to do a two-parter in two parts because it's right. pointless. Right, because I think eventually um, – like you know, the only some... problem we'll end up having when we get to it, and I'm, I'm, I'll, we'll have to keep it, you know, for further off into the future. But it was, it's the last few epi eight, uh, eight parter at oh, the okay. end of the DS9. The, the ten part DS9 thing, yeah, I don't, yeah. I, I don't know exactly how we would do that. <laughs> that one, that one might be easier to break into, with the exception of the last one, the last two hours. That one might actually be easier to break into individual episodes. We just point out, you know, this is part X of this thing. Um, yeah, we could do it that way. Because yeah. my first thought was uh, at some point to try to get, you know, the, the two I actually have picked out are not this, but I just wanted to get your thought process on the multi-part things. At some point, we're going to have to go into Enterprise. And the first one I thought of for Enterprise, even though I don't want to do that, immediately would be the augment trilogy um ah yeah yeah uh i would actually you know what uh, now that you mention it because when we had that interaction on facebook the other day i thought like maybe we could do the whole augment thing and mirror universe maybe is just one episode make it a little bit longer like yeah because it's really yeah, because that's I mean, a whole that's an entire sex that's an entire section that we can maybe do on its own because right. a lot of it ties into a lot of other Star Trek things, and I think it would be cool just to you know do it as a yeah. As we can a... work. We can work that out, obviously. But um, here are the two that I had in mind for the next couple. Okay. And uh, we will uh, just so that we don't do two Deep Space Nines in a row. We'll do. We'll. I'll mention the TNG one first. Okay. Uh, Brothers. Okay. Oh yeah. Nice. The the two that I thought of were mostly because I want to, because my goal is to focus on like the some of the individual performances in them, and in the case of Brothers, it would be Spiner as Lore, and, and uh, Nunyan Sung, and as Sung to a degree too, yeah. Um, and my other one, which we'll probably we'll do, will be the next one we do after Brothers, would be The Wire. Okay, let me find it. The one where Garak has the, the brain implant. Ah, okay. Yeah, man, you're really going in deep, man. Yeah, I fucking love that one. That's um, a great episode. That is That's the a great Garak performance of the entire series to me. Um, the other, hmm. I mean... And Actually, is, yeah, when it comes to personal stuff, definitely. But there's, yeah. I don't know the name of the episode, but there's an episode where it's... Uh, it's um. It's a Cisco episode, basically, where he oh, decides uh, what to do with the war. 
we're how doing to bring Romulans into the war. So we're doing that one soon because I'm gonna hit that one soon in the rewatch I'm doing. So we'll that one will probably come up soon. Uh, the other big one for him is, um, or at least that one single moment was that that two parter where the Cardassians and the Romulans team up to go after the Dominion. Uh, and yeah. They they capture Odo and Garak has to interrogate him. Yep. And yep. and the speech he gives is just because he knows he knows that Odo doesn't know anything, but he also knows he has to get something out of him. And yes. the speech is just the speech is phenomenal. Yes. Um, yep. yes. So we'll do the wire in a couple weeks, and we'll do brothers soon whenever I have time again. Um, okay. So yeah. Great to I'm do game, another one dude. of these. Um, let me know if, if uh, Milos wants to be involved in either of these. Because um, that was it was nice to get a, a third person in there. I think that will be easier to have both of you on it if we, you know, now the problem was the last time. Because um, I feel like a yeah, lot we'll of just, his... We'll just, yeah, we'll just use one one device next time. Yeah, I feel like a lot of his, his stuff kind of got cut off by that. But um, he was really good on that show. You know um, what? I I listened to that episode, and honestly, you know, I thought audio would be worse. But I yeah. think my my audio was way worse than his. Yeah. So it's not it's not great in spots, but at least we figured out what the problem was, and we yeah. can deal with that going forward. Um, well, going we, forward, we won't be living in the same home. So, because I'm uh, starting work on July first on one of Croatian islands and where I've been working for the last five years, summers. So okay, I won't great. even be home. So we won't have that issue. <laughs> okay. At least for the awesome. summer. Sure. Um, and I've talked to the guys. I think we're definitely going to see if uh, you guys are around for the, when we do F9. Um, it hasn't actually come out in this country yet. So uh, none of us can see it quite yet. Um, yeah, hey man, I used to wait a whole year before movies arrived here. So yeah. it's your time now to suffer. Yep. Oh yeah, no. See now, now we get everything last because of all the piracy shit. Yeah, no, I completely get that. Like, so yeah, and, but we'll definitely keep you guys in mind for that. Um, and we will, you know, we gave people the next couple of these that we want to do. So if they want to watch those two episodes and. Uh, we'll give you plenty of time to do that. So, thanks for joining me again, brother. This was fun. Yeah, same. And I hear Corey behind you. Say hi to her, man. And uh, I can't wait for the next one, man. Sure. Yeah, that one's great. I mean, that was another, you know, Brothers to me is another uh, acting tour de force thing for one of the regular regular actors. And, I mean, he's just great in that. And to yeah. And, the whole... and he has to play three three different characters in the yeah. same episode so yeah well before we before we go off of that i mean maybe we'll and i guess we'll get into this too when we actually do the episode but like what's what's your position on that fact that they had him play so many versions of that same character i think it got way too much when they decided to have more data like characters on star trek picard in TNG, yeah. I was cool with it. I didn't mind it one bit. Uh, but yeah. with the Star Trek Picard, I was like... And also the Augment episode in Star Trek Enterprise, I was cool with it. Somebody had to yeah. play uh, Dr. Nunyan's thing's uh, ancestor. So. I didn't mind that one because I felt like they acknowledged it was 
you know, they almost kind of acknowledged it was a stunt when they did it. So, like, it didn't much. But did it, and he's playing the the Sung's knew we had in the first place. I mean, yeah, that, that got yeah. to be a little much. And it felt like they were doing much. that. It felt like they were doing that just because they could. Um, yeah, other- like sometimes too much is too much. I liked when they kept it. Like, just keep yep. it simple. Like, don't go. But yeah, whatever. Oh, here's the other thing I was thinking of. One of the movies at some point, I would say we can do for Khan and Undiscovered because we want to do that with the other guys. Uh, uh, we're still gonna my do my favorites. Yeah, I like I like all the TNG movies. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I even like uh, Insurrection. I think I have a big appreciation for Insurrection. For some reason, I don't know why, yeah, but I maybe. think I appreciate it more than some other people do. And even Nemesis, that the stuff that happens in there is pretty, pretty epic. Yep, that Insurrections one we'll have to get into because I think you'll have to convince me why it's not just a not just a high budgeted TV episode because that's pretty much what it comes off like to me. But um, we'll yeah. we'll do that one in in the future maybe. Um, so yeah, uh, we've got time, and Star Trek has a lot of stuff. So and it's not going anywhere. So <laughs> yeah, all right, man. Good to talk to you again. Yeah, man. Uh, talk to you soon. Have fun, and you know, take care. I'll post this in a couple days. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. Later. Later.